0: BattleTech fans, welcome back to Wolfnet Radio. From the most inner sphere to the deepest periphery, you're listening to Wolfnet Radio. I'll be your host, Matthew the Bloodbath Barons. Joining me again, as always, from Minnesota, Andrew the Minnow Crow. Welcome to the show, yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. And coming back with us again, Tommy Silent Sea Raven Kruger. Welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Gentlemen, it's been quite some time since we've done some recording, and it's really starting to give me the pains to uh, disseminate between things we should talk about, but I think we should start off with an awesome topic tonight of the beginning of don't let good miniatures go quietly into the night. Help Help those out selling by paying good money for them. I started with um, a few miniatures I noticed I needed for some Camachos Caballeros a couple weeks ago. And I finally found some that I really enjoyed to pick up. Uh, Specifically um, like a uh, Arrow 4 mech. And I don't normally use that kind of technology, but since it's available, and they are using it in some factions, I really want to learn how to get down and dirty with it on the board game as well have you guys decided to pick up more mechs from people who are selling them online me I, I buy a lot of stuff um from ebay
2: um and you know i you guys know that i when i bought all those alpha strike packs from the store you know i i hit uh, the alpha strike group on, on facebook and said hey look what i just bought I had a cat on there that was giving me a hard time because I spent seven and a half dollars a pack. He said you should have talked him down to six, and I was like, "Dude, first off, it's a store sale, and second, it's my cousin, so you know I can afford to pay him seven and a half dollars. I'm not too worried about it." And it was, it, I mean, in one respect, I get it. Um, you you want to get the, you want to buy what what you feel is a good value, but to berate others for making a purchase that they're comfortable with or, or happy with. I mean,
0: what makes you happy, man? (laughs) (laughs) What makes you comfortable? I think, I think every Metal Tech fan wants to have all miniatures out there. Uh, It's just like any other kind of hobby or, or collection. Uh, Who doesn't have like, you know, a bunch of different uh, handbags or types of shoes or weapons or whatever you collect. Who doesn't love some metal that you could paint and put together? It's it's, it's, it's kind of like a drug occasionally, which which brings up a story of um, I did happen to see on uh, the Facebook accounts that somebody was selling like their entire huge $600 Battletech collection on the street, like on a curb, like out of their vehicle and probably a parking lot. And my heart just went out to anybody who was actually there of like, pick up as much as you can carry and run with it. Like, that was the first time I actually wanted to... I I had this nervous tick that I wanted to buy something off the street that was Battletech related, almost like a drug. (laughs) I saw those pictures too. That was kind of wild. And they were some really old print. I mean, they were pristine and nostalgic. It was pretty neat. Like, even the even the printing color looked old, and, and, and I, I, I wanted to like pick one of those up and put it in a case, like it was an old photo that needed to be protected, and like wear gloves just to piece through it occasionally. Tommy, have you been thinking about picking up some miniatures?
1: Um, right now I uh I I hate to be that guy that. Uh, says it but I'm kind of uh, stingent on buying miniatures usually I like to if I buy them I like to see sight on scene type deal um, uh, but I have been doing some research on trying to get uh, uh, Gideon another miniature so that he can uh, to repay the raven that he uh, painted up for me so I have a good idea of which one I want to get him but uh, besides awesome that idea. I uh, I need to get some uh, some uh, pinning material to get the the ones that I already have made up right now. So I'm kinda to of, uh, stand still on buy-in miniatures. Dude, a
2: box of paper clips lasts forever.
1: Oh, I wasn't talking about the paper clips, I was talking about the drill bits.
2: Ooh, the Dremel and Drill bit?
1: So I.
0: Uh, I'll send you a well, link. I buy them for like three bucks for like seven, of them I got some. I got some extras. I think sitting around the garage. I can lend to you too. And my Dremel, if you really need it. I don't know if it's better to do hand drilling <laughs> instead of like power tool drilling before you. you know, yeah, I'm not, completely through the miniature.
2: <laughs> I, I prefer I, not I to will, destroy. I will admit that I have. Used my Dremel on everything because I got the hand wand extension for it, and I have put that damn drill through my finger. So <laughs> oh, popped out oh the other side on me. The... <laughs> Ouch! It happens.
1: Was was Matt, Matt around? Because uh, he uh, he is bloodbath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am first first aid trained. I can do triage. I uh, suck on it a little bit. Throw some super glue over it and keep going. <laughs> That's right. You got super glue right there to throw in it. <laughs> pinch, it, pinch it shut. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, Tommy, you picked up a big Omega from General. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I, uh, I need to put that together. That's what I want. Uh, the uh, I kind of want to put give the paint scheme. Can't, I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, how do I say it? I'm not historic or anything, but I, uh, I kind of want to put kind of like a charcoal gray, uh, finish to it with, uh, in white lettering, uh, up the legs, terror for the wind. That's what I want to do. But,
2: uh, <laughs> I first that, got to
1: put it together.
2: Matt, I, I've bought a, a few, so I, I've had some people here that I've known that have been kind of letting go of their collection
0: a little bit. And I think all of a sudden I ended up acquiring like three Omegas. Isn't it weird how people like, you see like every couple months you see somebody just get rid of this huge collection of battle tech and it's just like, Oh, what happened? Like, and, and you, you message them and it's like, dude, I had to like pay for a wedding or you got kids coming, stuff like that. My truck caught on fire. I mean, it's, it's your I'm truck caught on fire. Well, that would be why, an example. why people are selling their collections.
1: <laughs>
0: right. And, uh, like, um, for instance, with, with myself, I, I picked up, uh, an awesome, uh, mongrel, um, a diamond shark mech. What is that? Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank right now.
2: I think it's Anyways, a, I think it's a ton again? of salt.
0: manga. Uh, uh, that's that Magna L or whatever. It was, um, 45 tonner clan thirty fifty eight I can see it a Grendel there you oh, go. Grendel. A Grendel I tripped yeah. over it the hamster got back in the wheel <laughs> so the Grendel was uh, painted up by a veteran that uh, was from uh, same time I was overseas but different unit I uh, must have been active duty or something so shout out to a grinner cell uh, is his mech uh, he's got some uh, war wounds and he's uh, taking care of his family, doing what he does and uh, he had to get rid of a few mechs so we're going to give that mech a good home and I'm gonna, actually going to keep the paint scheme on it because I had a hundred and air, 101st Airborne on it. Hoorah! And, uh, or excuse me, Hua. And we're going <laughs> to put that uh, put that mech to use and uh, I actually want to make a, a veteran lance that's unit lances or mechs that I've picked up from Actual veterans. So
2: speaking so, of that, of fun. I have to tell a little story. So, I got I got the great idea that I wanted to I wanted to build a merc unit and have it be my friends, the people that I play with. And so I contacted everybody that I play with. And I was like, "What's your mech? <laughs> if you got to ride a mech,
0: what is your mech? This and is what you were asking about, Matt, <sighs> Matt." Matt, oh my God!
1: <laughs> what did Matt pick?
0: He went with a
2: stooping hawk. But do you understand that it took him about four days to get no, that no, decision? No. Because it was, what's the mission? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Who else is in the lance? And my answer to everything, I would thought thaw- I would have thought he would have got it after the third.
0: Doesn't time. matter. It doesn't, doesn't Matt matter. matter. Like, what oh my you? God, I cannot take this. What do you? What's your, what's your Mac? What do you ride? Oh my God, we went round and round on that. It, it took me four hours of discussion just to try and put, like, three or four on the list of what I was going to... Because I'm thinking, like, what's he doing this for? Is it important? Is it really important? Is it not important? Is this a game? What are we doing? And I one thing that troubles me is not enough data input. So, like, since, since I've, like, taken care of, like, squads and teams and missions in, like, the middle of the desert, dark, like, you're going to run over your own buddy if you don't know what's going on. Data is really important to me, so that's that's why I kind of go a little bit uh, paranoia when it comes to not knowing what's going on. Sorry, <laughs> right, you finish did. your story.
2: No, that's that's pretty much it. It just
1: did anybody go it. with flights?
2: No, that's the other problem. It is a let, let, let's call it a very heavy unit.
0: It's a very heavy unit. <laughs> it, I, very I, heavy unit. I, I I've really been enjoying the showgun lately. I always have. It's kind of like one of those unique mechs that I really love. It's a good city fighter assault mech. It's got jump jets. And I like the weapon systems on it. And when I heard that Tommy was, you know, most likely he usually takes like a 55-ton black laner, then I was like, oh, if, if, we're, if he's asking other people, maybe I should kind of stick with what they're going to roll with for, like, a medium weight class. Like, I'll take the Stooping Hawk, because then we'll be, like, using some of that. um... Synergy? Yes, Tommy. You hit it right on the head. I love your your tactics. Synergy.
1: Oh, boy. I didn't go with synergy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did you choose? No, we didn't. (laughs) Well, then I thought about either a Shogun... A Highlander 2C, and then I went to a Stooping Hawk, so I was all over the place.
2: Well, I, I, uh, I got What would you pick? I got the mechs ordered. They're here, and I also <gasps> ordered um, extra parts, so I'm gonna customize. I'm gonna really know. Go variant open. the crap out of them, huh? Balls out on them. Yeah.
1: Wow. I. Uh, it it. All right, Matt. I've, I went with something heavier than uh, <laughs> a Black Lantern.
0: Am I the lightest sucker out there now? You are right now. Sorry. Isn't that ironic? I uh, Normally normally I'd be way heavy, but now I'm super light.
1: I, I tell you <laughs> what, though. I uh, I went with my uh, standard... Uh, it, it's a, it's still a jumping mech. Turquina. Oh. oh, that would be a good one, too. But I already got a Turquina. I was thinking that uh, i picked pick the mech that I have as well. I picked the Night Jire. 75. What variant? Charlie. Oh. <laughs>
0: hey, that still works. I'll still be running, jumping, shooting twin PPCs and not worry about much. Anyway, <laughs> but
1: I I, I've also played uh I've played before with the Night and I've also uh, have had a, a, a successful death from above with one of them. So it's uh, I
2: thought you cleaners didn't believe in physical, so
1: I'm also an inner type guy too, so
0: free Everybody always forgets about the second line, um, trueborns, or the the freebers. You know there are there are some scourge of the clans that believe that I can hit you in the face just as fast as I can shoot you with a laser. Well, they still got to follow protocol.
1: I'm not, I'm fine. Not not, not, not,
0: not, not not really because recently I've been reading um, the. Uh, Dark, Dark Age, Dark Age, uh, Total Chaos, No Trial Chaos. The it talks about the first Vega Regulars Began. from yeah. Omega. Yep, yeah. Ghost Bear Clan. Yep, they're they're totally integrated, um, combined arms, and they got some ragtag mechs, and they got some ragtag integrated people. Uh, they're using contractions. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just like when we talked about. Yeah, How could you have that mech yeah, in your lamps? Yeah, and
2: the, and the bears yes. are also talking about sending Alpha to clean that mess up. So,
0: What are they going to do? <laughs> They're going to go clean Omega up. <laughs> well, sometimes you can't fix old guard. So, <laughs>
2: segue. We got Ooh. into a conversation about eel clan and predictions. Yes, we did. And I had a really good conversation this weekend with uh, two of my players here, Max and Tim. We had a pretty good conversation around the table, and kind of laid out, you know, well, Clan Wolf is, you know, by far a clear a clear favorite, you know, cl- followed closely behind by Jade Falcon, and then the conversation kind of stops after that. And during our conver- you know, during our our work through trying to find Matt his, his mech, he uh, made the comment that he was going to go with Ghost Bear, and I was like, that's a that's a weird choice. I did. I switched. But I started thinking about it this weekend and talk about a curveball, but quite possible. And the reason I say that is, is you have the Fidelis who have been freed from their bond, and that is Smoke Jaguar. And they will be going to Terra.
0: That was Republic, right? Republic of the Sphere?
2: Yep. But the thing about the bears is they they, have, already in this fear. they they have a very big stain on their honor regarding Clan Wolverine. And during the jihad, particularly Blake documents, it talked about quite possibly it's never been confirmed of a faction within Tomstar called the Blood, which would have been descendants of Clan Wolverine. Now, yeah, the bears. If it missed, ever uh, if it ever came to light that the blood was Clan Wolverine and they were on Terra, I don't think there is a force in the
0: sphere that would stop the bears from from fixing that. Right, because they accidentally let them go from being annihilated. Right, they let uh,
2: they let a a uh, cadet corps pass through. Yeah, their systems. Whoops. Anyway, so we started talking about it, and I brought that up, and they're like, ooh, that's a good possibility. Not only that, but that's also, you know, th- that could be an interesting thing, too, because Randall, his faction is bears. Brent, his faction is wolves. Um, so there could be, you know, you look at the TROs, and on every TRO or on any art, there's always a ghost bear unit on, on all the cover arts there really are. So it's it, it kind of clicked. I was like hmm. that could be and not only that, but it could be a really interesting
0: story arc. So that's what drew me to them from picking up the 3050 TRL. It was like the first book I picked up at a bookshop when I was like in my teens. And it started from there. It was Ghostbird all the way.
2: So when it happens, you heard it from Matt first.
0: Yes. I I threw a curveball at at Andrew. I was sitting at break at work one day and I said You know, I've been reading this book about the Vega and the first regulars and I thought and I also read some of those tidbits on Facebook about who's gonna be that big clanship that shows up at Terra all of a sudden out of the blue and I thought, Wow, they're already in the intersphere. They're already integrated within the Rasslehog Dominion. They're biggest and they, totem. Have,
2: and they have a Leviathan floating yeah, around. They him. have well, they have big ships. Well, they it's have the biggest. A Leviathan. <laughs> All the Actually, rest are a, gone. A, a Leviathan two, I believe, is what it is, but there's
0: one. Either way, they they've they've basically dictated themselves to be the one entity out of the clans that is family oriented and they've already integrated into the Intersphere well, not perfect, but try and do better than the others. Better than the others. So, who wouldn't get a little bit of leeway and, you know, possibility? Who has the highest, per- you know, capability of doing that? And I thought, well, we'll see what Andrew thinks.
2: I I dismissed it right off. I was like, oh, I'm sure they. <laughs> well, the, the reason that I did was is that the Bears are always very very slow to act. Yes. And for them but it catches up sooner or later. They're they're very comfortable where they're at. They they really oh, yeah. have they have not shown the aggressiveness that the wolves and the Jade Falcons have. They are content where they're at. But that I started thinking about it and I was like, God, that'd make a pretty neat story arc. So let's see what happens. I'm I'm kind of I'm excited now because I think there's there's a possibility of it not being clan wolf.
1: I'd be happy with that, but then again, I'm Clan Jane Falcon fan. <laughs> if
2: the, if they what make if, the if they make the Falcons the Ill Clan, things will get very weird very quick. I think the
1: whole month yeah, I don't done, think it's going to happen. That
0: would be a little weird to try and move things forward. With. <laughs> <laughs> That's my personal. No, they, thought, but they, be they, they'd be fine as long as they have uh, fusionaires. They'll be fine. Uh huh. So yeah, by the drink, way, drinky drinking drink, and be good.
2: We we tried that light PPC drink. Oh, did you? Good. Not, not good. <laughs> not good. It was not good. did it make was it rumbling in the old tummy? I got one I got basically so it's <laughs> one shot of blue caraco, one shot of clear Jose Cuervo and one shot of citrus vodka. So it's, oh, a, three, man. it's a three shot drink. And I probably it is. threw I threw back a shot probably. And Let's just say it didn't sit right. <laughs>
0: huh. So, yeah, it was it was a little rough. Was there lemon juice in that mix that made it all rumbly tumbly? No. Oh, it was just three shots of, of three different liquors.
1: Huh. Anyway. I tell you what. I'll uh, uh, we'll have to uh, throw
0: some of that at Gen Con. Got no problem we got three bottles.
1: <laughs> On a different subject matter, uh, uh, well, talking about liquor. Uh, and since I have a full hundred, a box of 100 apples that I needed to get rid of, a buddy told me uh, a good uh, drink to try, and it deals with uh, Crown Royal uh, Salted Caramel. Nice. Uh, on the rocks. Instead of on the rocks, it would be a, a half of an apple on the bottom of the glass.
0: That's cool. Salty and sweet.
1: Yep, and uh, I'm gonna have to try that. And I ha- I still have three quarters of a box to get rid of. So, so would, that, I'm,
0: be I'm like a, would an... that be like a would that be like a green pigeon?
1: Oh, we could get a green pigeon. <laughs> we could get a green apple in there.
0: So
2: you said that was half an apple, and then Crown Royals, uh salted caramel.
1: Salted. Caramel. Yep, I to have to try that. Crown. That sounds pretty good. I'm, yeah, I, I'm a big Crown Royal fan. Uh, and of course, small, um, uh, in small amounts, but uh. Yeah, I'm going to have to try the recipe as well, because uh, it sounds really good. A lot of people said it's pretty smooth, so...
0: You should definitely turn it into a jade falcon drink of some kind.
1: How about a Karita drink? I'll f- figure it out. Then I can use red apples.
0: I would just call it, like, a sour falcon.
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
2: so, so let's, uh, l- l- let's hear about the... Uh, what kind of reaction you got when you posted the pictures
0: to Facebook of your boys coloring. (sighs) Yes. So next topic, moving along, how, how to, how to early teach battle tech to children and the TRO coloring book scare here, dad, hold my miniature while I crime, while I climb in my child seat. So my boys, that said, Daddy, what's that box you're bringing in from the garage? And I said, uh, well, this is, this is a game that I bring from the game shop. Oh, is that what you play with your friends? I'm like, yes. And they, I, I set it down on the counter. I turned around to do something like make coffee or whatnot, and I heard <sighs> turning around like, what are you guys doing? And they instantly had miniatures and the pop-out, cardboard mechs strewn over the floor and they were going through map sheets and they were just having a blast. Like, Daddy, we want to play this. I'm like, great! Let me make some coffee and we'll start going through what this is. And it further enveloped ed- into can we color these? I'm like, how about we do that next week? How about today? I'll print you off a mech you can color. Just like a coloring book. And, and I took pictures of the kids coloring these these print off sheets and instantly i had messages like what happened to your tro did your kids get into it like how could you let that happen i know i and and i right away (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) but i like the i like the purple cyclops no (laughs) um i had i had to make sure i printed them off because I knew that would be that would be the next thing. Like, no, no. But I had I had like four or five messages from different people. Like, what did you do? Did the kids get into it? Is your collection okay? Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I just they're just print offs from PDFs. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> and then going to uh, or going to church or someplace, and Daddy, hold my hold my psychops while I get in my car seat. Like, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> so he was playing with that for a while pretty good and then we painted them with uh, some acrylics that uh, really smothered them. so then I kind of wiped off the access after they got done and it looked okay as like a sort of a want to say like a shadowing effect
1: <laughs> nice ne- ne- next you're going to have to have a uh, coloring book uh, a little kid coloring book for BattleTech.
0: I could. I it's not a bad idea. I just have print some pages off. You know, hey, maybe, uh, you, maybe you, the
2: powers that be. That wouldn't be a hard thing to do for print on demand. A coloring book.
0: <laughs> you know, if,
1: I, I if think I know is, a graphic designer that might be able to uh, call, uh, draw one up.
0: You know, if if Catalyst would make a coloring book of BattleTech, I think people would buy it. That would make a pretty pretty good marketing. Uh, target audience as well, getting children, young adults. I, I think even the adults would buy it. <laughs> That'd be fun. So, like, we've been talking about, uh, like, Andrew, you've had your kids come up with uh, motivation to play. Yep. Didn't Didn't you make a, a ghost bear
2: star for your daughter? We uh, We sat down with the Invading Clans book, and I found a couple of different rats. And my daughter and I sat down, and she rolled up a, a uh, supernova. Nice. And we had a lot of fun with that one afternoon. So I got a mech list. I just got to start putting it together again. It's just, you know, a, another thing to do. <laughs> but I got I got a list to do. So
0: I've started to notice that lately, that as soon as you every, every, each one of us gets an idea about something we want to do, we're plagued with the idea of, Okay, now I have to try and find miniatures for all this stuff. Wait, wait! I can do that over time. I don't have to do it right now. And then you start seeing things being posted where, hey, you wanna you wanna pick up like thirteen of these uh, fire moths or dragonflies or whatever I'm selling. Like, oh, it's such a good deal for a mixed package. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I need to sit down and just put twelve mechs on the table and not look at anything else until I get them done. And- Try and get through all the blisters I got in the house. So
0: I got to keep painting. I've got several started, and uh, I, I want to get my Camachos done. I really do. That's uh, coming along okay. But did my Nagi not uh, not too long ago? Well, at ten dollars a piece, I got five Donners
2: in this last set. I need 15, <clears throat> I need fifteen. So that'll be a, another couple of couple of months of buying. The Striker battalions for the Dragoons in 3145. Alpha has five Omnis, Star of Elementals, and uh, Trinary of Dawners. And then B and C are set up the same way, only they have 15 Regulators, oh. which is the unit oh, that I brought with to uh, Gen Con to play against you, Matt.
0: That was awesome. Yeah. That mixed combined arms with hover tanks and mechs was absolutely fun. Oh, and element and battle armor. Yeah, I know. That's where we. That's where we still tried to figure out like if if a mech and battle armor did physical attacks and swarm in the same hex, how would that measure out? And how would it, who takes initiative? It's all simultaneous. simultaneous. All right, right, yeah. So it's just like oh, we, I guess they'll keep swarming until they run out of you know axe yep. hit battle armor. Yeah. Okay, but. That uh, that also reminded me of uh, I did happen to catch that short story of Feral. Yeah. How, um, how good is that story? Where they they, they took over the uh, they infiltrated uh, an HPG station. That was a word
2: of Blake base.
0: It wasn't and, I don't believe it was an HPG. And they disguised themselves in was it purifier? No, nope, they had tornadoes,
2: pal suits, uh, tornado mark. 30, 23s.
0: And that was an interesting story. I did, I, I really digged that story with um, just how we talked about um, several times the ultimate battle game. Yeah, that's it. Battle, battle mechs outside, get to the objective, drop off your battle armor, battle armor goes interior, and then you have battle armor engagements, battle troops, and then you go back outside, and then exfil. Really neat. I liked how they put that together. That was fun. That would
2: be a fun game.
0: Oh, it was just neat to read the story. I, lo- I loved it. And and the the realism was pretty good. I like that. Smetcher. Smetcher does a really good job. Yes, yes. He really is able to put that perspective into what either people have already experienced or everybody kind of understands or specializes in those types of situations. I mean, that is cool stuff. To
2: Speaking of writers, spin. I saw yeah. that uh, Blaine put on his feed that he's got uh, first draft and first edit, I think, was completed on a new Battletech book. That's coming soon, I hope. Is
0: that going to be a Gen Con? 2019? I, God, I would hope it comes out before Gen Con. Oh, me too.
2: But Maybe. I mean, it is the thirty fifth thirty fifth anniversary this year,
0: so. Any nest eggs on that, or just? Uh, I just know that
2: uh, they're going to re they're going to do another printing of uh, the BattleTech manual that will have uh, some really cool cover art on it. Um, I, I've seen. Well, we also saw that uh, the Warrior trilogy is yes. is now in a in a new printing. Well wow. It's available as an ebook and print on demand, and the covers are all classic reseen backs. They look really, really cool. In pictures, and, and that stuff. is beautiful.
0: Seeing those reseens,
2: yeah, really
0: excited to see that. Um, so that'll be the 30th anniversary reprint. I think of so. the trilogy, yep. and that's going to be when? Shortly. 20, 22nd? short twenty second December. Was it this? Was it this month or next month? It's this month. Is it? I think it was this month, yeah. 22nd December, it'll be print-on-demand. next week. Or PDFs. Yes, I want that. Oh, that'd be so... And people just said that on uh, Facebook and messaging, that it was so difficult to find some of the Warrior Trilogy novels um, because they're so sought after. This is a great opportunity to pick up a new version, even if you don't. You know, if, can't find if, the old collector's you, item.
2: If you are a clan person, um, the Warrior Trilogy really was, uh, in my mind, one of the more defining story arcs that really gave the clans um, that insight into their operation and, and kind of how they work. And If there is a book, if you're interested in getting into the lore or, or starting to dip your toe in, you can't go wrong starting with that one. Or, no, Warrior Trilogy was, uh, I'm sorry, that was Blood of Kerensky. Warrior Trilogy saying, was yeah. uh, Kai Eller-Leal. Yes, St. Ives. No. That was, uh, I'm all over the board. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Are you getting lost
0: yes, in Yes, I lore? got too many things going through my head. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking. You need to read that. Hey, sometimes you just need to read the trilogies over again. i read them three times. Well, apparently not enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll admit that too. I was actually looking for references today, specifically about um, when they were when the Inner Sphere key unique people were banding together um, and like they were fighting in hills and simulations, and like Kai was kicking the crap out of people in the hills. Wasn't of like Kai it was his dad, Justin? Mm.
2: Justin Chang and Daniel Allard, like- along with the Calhouns, Genosha and it's a stupid because it's the build up to the force to the Hans and and Melissa's wedding. That's the last book in the trilogy is where Hans makes his toast.
0: Right, but like getting back to. Some of the Blood of Kerensky. Oh, Blood of Kerensky, yeah. I was trying to find that reference in which book it was, where Kai was moving between hills, canyons, because somebody was fighting in canyons on. Classic. And I was just thinking about Kai pushing that AC-20 into people's mid-range, medium-range, short-range, and they had no place to go, and he was just rocking it.
2: Uh, and then I, you, thought, <laughs> I thought in the Blood of Kerensky, he got his, his Centurion upgraded. To the gauze rifle. Right, because he was—he he scored the highest. He actually scored seven kills in his
0: trial on outreach with the Dragoons. Well, either way, which further represents yeah. that we need to reread our books anyways. But I was trying <laughs> to find, which is why I was trying to find that reference of jumping between books of when uh, him and then who was in a... Who ejected from their mech and basically, uh, I don't want to play this game, I'm done, he just ejected. That was... Um,
2: oh, that was uh, Peter Armstrong on, on uh, Solaris. Uh, no,
0: it was during the no, simulation. Oh, that was on Zoo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, he's just like, oh, I'm, uh, I don't want to play anymore. So I, I accidentally shot at my own friendly guy, and then I'm just going to eject. So he actually had like a negative kill count. Yeah. That was the funny part of like the entire... That entire... Was somebody who was ridiculous enough to not want to play with others? Now, being a master tactician of what do you want to call it? He's a political conniver. Um. Yes. Yes. Subterfuge. I believe in the card game as well. Master at subterfuge. And eh, screw this. I'm just going to check for my Mac. That was always an interesting, interesting thing to try and find. Another thing I ran into the other day was uh, it was today. Somebody wanted to uh, discuss Aerotech. And I, I, right? um, I have no idea how Aerotech works, but I started to look into it today. And it was very interesting to see how your outer space is considered 18 kilometers per hex. And it is considered... How many time turns? What you said, six to one or something? Yeah, like that. six six turns, six turns to the one turn of ground effect, and then then it's or down was it to anyway, thirty meters it was or something. A lot. It was a lot. So it was interesting hearing players um, say it's way too complex, but yet if you understand it, it gets easier if you if you dabble in it. So I, I kind of want to figure some of that stuff out and not necessarily get in depth with it but perhaps if we start getting into that ultimate game of like ah we're going to make planet fall and this is how long it's going to take us to sit here and wait
2: i'll use the abstract
0: aerospace rules yeah yeah right <laughs> in order to at least make planet fall and then you can roll your dice and see how many ships actually make it to ground zero <laughs> something like that and and then also Uh, I started looking into the Rattler, the huge aerospace defense um, platform, and it was interesting to hear how many were actually made and that they could be used and hidden and transported to underground tunnels for protection. And it it was really interesting to see what was actually on them. Uh, like I think fourteen I think streak sixes and it's just a massive. I think there's a layout for one on uh, Fall of Terra in the source book Fall of Terra. It is interesting. Like it's, it takes up like seven hexes. like seven, seven levels tall by three by three or three by two. It is massive. I mean it should have like triangle tracks as large as a SoulMax, max, at least, if not bigger. So yeah, how if you're interested, into.
2: I could try and if you're interested, I could try and find the book. Oh, I'm sure. You're like a wealth of knowledge. Anyway, anyway, moving talking. along.
0: Oh, so getting back to some of the lore and books, I did finally finish the Legacy book of the Grasshopper. That was an awesome book. I, I love that from <laughs> the the Battle Corps. I was I a little sad. At, I was a little sad at, at the last story. Yes. Uh, we're not going to give anything away in case people want to read it, but um, from the beginning, it was fun, uh, entertaining, uh, gets your blood pumping, and funny at the same time, and, and it was believable, like from the, you know, best pilots to the crappiest recruits. It was interesting to have the mindset almost of, a, you know, non-sentient, grasshopper mech of like, ooh, I hope I get a good pilot. I hope I get a good pilot so I don't get destroyed every damn time I go to a different planet. <laughs> no, I,
2: I really enjoyed the book. I did not like quote-unquote how it ended. I mean, it, it was a satisfactory ending. I was just sad to see the way it ended. I'll leave it at that so I don't wreck it for anybody.
0: Well, you know,
2: sometimes life is not all bunny rabbits and posies. There was no bunny rabbits and there were no posies.
0: Yep, anyways. (laughs) But still a great book. I I, I liked the concept and I want to see more of that example. I too like the change of base. It was very cool. Moving on. So, here's a good question. Because it would be fun to see another book in that type of Theme. What kind of chassis would you like to see characterized in another book or several? To be
2: honest with you, the one that comes to my mind, and again, it's after a Battlecore book, um, I forget the name. And I could probably find it, but it talked about there was a, the Black Marauder. Yes.
0: Kindred's, Kindred's I, think would,
2: I think it would be a really fun story to find out how that mech came to be. Kindred Spirit was one of the three stories, two stories, three stories. It was, I know it was two for sure. So I I would love to see a book like the legacy off of that grasshopper and have a book that illustrated how that Marauder came to be.
0: I completely agree. Those stories have... Almost made your toes curl a little bit. They did. It was, hey... Battletech fans, if you want to read stories on Halloween about a mech that scares you, not, not just the way it acts, but just the way, just what it is and what it represents, and the things it has done to pilots, you need to read the...
2: Lance Sarkini's... Lance Sarkini is the author. The Kindred Spirit and the... Is it the Black Marauder? It is. If you, it's on it's actually I,
0: it's on Sarna. Go to Sarna got, yeah. and search for Black Marauder. That's there's where a, I found there's a, a piece on there. That's where I found my references too. Sarna.net is is a great reference. And we give those guys a fantastic. bunch of videos. I need to get a t shirt from them too. I'm gonna try and anything. Get to, anything to help them out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't dare write anything there too, because I wouldn't want to mess anything up. Yeah, well, it's the people who are writing stuff there that continue to make
2: it be the resource that it is. It's exactly like Wikipedia. Yeah. Only
0: there's fact-checking involved. (laughs) That that is essential. Essential and welcomed, because we don't want a bunch of, like you call it, cheese. (laughs) Cheese. Yeah, if you want a great, scary, almost haunted story of a marauder or a mech, that would be my pick. Number one for a Hands scary, town, if scary we had story. Hands down,
2: if we had to have another story like the Grasshopper, I would like to see that, that Marauder be the
0: be the end. Yeah, we, This we is don't, how it got to be. We don't want to give away the story because you can still read it, but it's unlike any other Marauder. Well, it's just it, it, the story in and of itself yeah. was, was very, very
2: different from all of the other Battletech stories, which is why I think I liked it so much.
0: Um it, it had like, that kind yeah. of like alien predator type quality storyline of like, Ooh, here's how it starts. Something bad's going to happen. Like, wow, that kind of creeped me out. Kind of, yeah. There's more than kind of going on there. <laughs> like, like, you read the story and like the hairs of the back of your neck kind of start to stand up. It's kind of cool. Lance did a great job on, on those stories
2: and <laughs> the, the follow ups that he had, They they worked. He should do it again. They were fun. He,
0: he should make a whole series of that. Well, he should just do a big story again. Yeah. Origins st- an origin story, if you will. Yeah, that that's a great caveat. Pin that one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's Definitely want to look into more chassis for that type of theme. I c I kinda wanted you don't see a whole lot of things on like a Thunderbolt. I've always liked the Thunderbolt as well. Thunderbolt's a good machine. It is. And it's, it's not used... Usually you see a Thunderbolt as like a, an enemy mech, not as like your own mech. Yes. I want to see some more Thunderbolt good guys. So there, there was a, an idea of... when I, When I finished this book, I wanted to build a grasshopper in my garage. Oh my god, I I, 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 kid you not. Anybody remember the movie Encounters of the Third Kind? Not the off guy. The top of my head. So, so the guy gets visited by aliens, and then he wants to. He has this reason to draw Devil's Tower, make it out of mashed potatoes, and he builds a giant model of it in his house that takes up his whole living room. I kind of felt that way where I read this book about a grasshopper. And then I wanted to make a grasshopper out of mashed potatoes at dinner. <laughs> Just <kidding. Jesus. laughs> No, I, I kind of thought, like, I wonder if I could carve, like, a six-foot wooden grasshopper. <laughs> uh, one of those crazy ideas. It would be so cool. Like, at Gen Con last year, they had that shadow cat that was, what, two feet tall? That was a couple years ago. No, he, he brought it again. Oh, he did? Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. I remember seeing it too. It's like the first time for me because I'm such a slowpoke on that.
0: Warriors, Tex Conway down here at the Emporium. We got incendiary inferno missiles on special today. Two for one deal on fuel air munitions. We got developed from the incendiary weapons of the mid 20th century. that combine flammable chemicals with adhesive compound to shower their targets with a burning gel. This gel is designed to increase the max heat levels to the point where the DI computer shuts down that max fusion engine entirely. Inferno rounds are also effective against turning combat vehicles and battle armor into flaming taco coffins and extra tasty little critters. Hello, devastated conventional infantry platoon. We got two. Two for one deal down here. You come on down to Tex Conway's Emporium. We'll get you some Inferno SRM missiles, LRM's, bombs, aero fours, vehicle flamers, fluid guns, sprayers. Hell, we'll even come down. You come down to Tex Conway's Emporium. We'll even start your damn grill up for you. You remember Tex Conway's Emporium, and, and we'll put a couple steaks on for you. We're back from commercial break with Wolfnet Radio. Hope you enjoyed your commercial. We spent a lot of time trying to do that. I think it took me like 30 takes to get them right, so give me a break if it sounds terrible. <laughs> Either that or show me up, and we'll put your commercial on our air. So topic of next choice is I still want to keep building unit lists from like all these books I'm reading, which is it's awesome because I'm running out of books, but I keep making these unit lists that I want to compile, like... Um, the pirates of like Red Jack Ryan, where he had a quick draw and a stalker, Orion, and rifleman, which make a great lance. Tommy, have you, you ever wanted to build a lance from a book, or a star from a book, or a cluster?
1: Well, yeah, but it wouldn't be that much fun. It would probably be full of summoners. Ooh.
0: <sighs> so it'd be like uh, the blood name of Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many summoners But there's such a good mech too though
1: oh, Talking about Gen Con I have officially got the uh, The blessing I've been blessed It's good to go, my dates are good Vacation is sent in
0: From work already? already? Oh, for August?
1: From for my wife
0: That's awesome So Having the wife's approval That's great dude
1: Having it this early, yeah. And then I just I got it this weekend, and uh, I put it in today. So nice. So you're going for sure. I'm. Yep. Going for sure.
2: Well, Aaron doesn't have another goddamn wedding to go to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: It, it, it was. It was a. It was definitely a. A downy debor. Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. It was a Debbie Downer.
1: Debbie Downer.
0: That uh, that was kind of like a black mark on everything. Well, I, we we kind of policed up what we could and we made amends, but there was there was a time where we didn't have Aaron at the table hosting with Cadet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he
2: didn't bring his damn cards, and I lost my mind trying <laughs> cards printed. For- that was a fiasco. That's
0: never happening again. You, bringing, you were you were tearing before. your clothes off like a like a stripper, trying to stay cool over there by the table. That was hot. Oh, I, I you you were hot in more ways than one. Like not not. not what are you talking to... about?
1: It's probably like Tommy Boy and uh, Chippendales scene off of <laughs> SNL.
0: Yes, very much so. Well, <laughs> only thing is, we didn't have a Patrick Swayze <laughs> with us. <laughs> Yeah, none of us are looking like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Coach is, like, rail thin, so Disgusting. He, he, he'd be the closest one. Yeah. We,
2: of course, he has a big enough head where he'd probably think he was Patrick Swayze
0: for a while, so. Well, I'm glad we had big openings like a Gen Con for the room to be you know, able to fit that. Coach is a good guy, though. I. We're, we we enjoy you know, the company we have. You know he has got you guys stumped.
2: Continually, stumped. Continually floors me how bad he's got you guys wool <sighs> pulled over your eyes.
0: Well, he he did allow us to motivate you into being okay with doing this podcast. So I. <laughs> We're here, I I, we're doing I it, did. We're having I, that's true, man. I, I put my foot down the one night. I'm like, we need to. I want to do this. We have to do a podcast because it's like the only tabletop battle tech podcast in the world. Yeah, and then you said, yeah, I'm not ready, <laughs> but now you're ready. I'm ready. We've been doing it. It's been fun.
2: Hopefully
0: and Coach kept Coach kept pushing like, it too. oh, I know they are. He read the fan mail's awesome. Like, hey, keep it up. Hey, hey, what are you gonna it's do it's next speaking time?
2: Speaking of that, who what's his what's his toes with the behemoth 2? Behemoth 2? On the on our on our group page. He posted about a behemoth 2. I am not tank. looking at showing this say? Jackson Jury? Tag selection. Oh two. yeah. I thought that was a pretty good segue. Lead into it. Lead away.
0: That's, it's your show notes, man. Well, I have to remember them. So, Joshua Jury was um, looking into different tanks, and he was trying to come up with um, what he should choose for... Um, well, I thought mixed, he had, a, I thought he he had did. a behemoth,
2: too, and he just didn't know which variant
0: to take. Well, right. He was looking at either the, the variant with... Um, anyway, we had a pretty good debate. We we did. It either had pulses, or it was going to have um, rockets. Uh, either was going to have like ammunition usage, or very little. But the the one thing I did pick out was I started looking at the the uh, loadouts on armor, and one had a considerable amount more armor, and that's what kind of stumped me because I wanted to have, I wanted for him to have. Um, you know, the best variant he could utilize to be survivable, lay down a bunch of uh, waste and damage on other units, but yet um, not be prone to ammunition starvation or uh, get blown apart by having, like, lack of armor or less than his most optimal amount. What would you think about it? I thought it was a really good
2: discussion. Again, though, I think, it you know, it comes down to what's the role, Right. And we, we, we started having a conversation about this earlier um, I think you got a show note about this later on too about <laughs> the, the the store being remodeled and not being able to have everything there and now because it takes you 19 days to figure out what formats you're going to bring to a game you know, you're welcome it, for that <laughs> that <laughs> it, it's difficult for you to put together a unit and bring it someplace and hey. I'm of the mind and I'd like to, I, I think I'm going to push for my group here that we're going to come up with some sort of point value. And again, uh, along the lines of what we've been talking about for months on the show already, um, coming up with a tournament scene or, or, you know, a way to do tournaments and have a value of brown, a ballpark number of 330 points. And you need to have max tank and infantry. And then based on the scenario that you are randomly assigned, you have to take 200 points or you have to take 180 or something like that. But you have to pick from the pool that you brought with. And I like that idea because not every battle are you going to get a chance to optimize your force. So the question now becomes is what can I achieve? And what can I achieve that doesn't cost me my my force. I think that I personally am, am to the point playing where I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't think there's a lot of people that are to that point, um, especially in a tournament type setting,
0: because I don't know whether there's a lot of games that, that approach it that way. There are not, because it's it's so diverse in Battletech. Like even with the even even with the the, the blood name or Solaris, I mean, there's so many different variables. You've got what 2,700 different chassis to choose from, and that's just counting the mechs, not battle armor, tanks, armor, hovercraft. I I like that idea. We've we've done that every time where we have our events, we come up with a point value, and then people. Will bring either what they already have for miniatures, or they'll completely come up with something new and just proxy it. Well, and it's and it's fun. It's fun to experiment and figure out new units to use. That is fun for me because if I don't understand it, I want to try and test it and see what I can work with. Because otherwise, it's just you don't know what you don't know. But the
2: problem with the problem for me in that scenario is is that you know BattleTech. Has its super optimized units, the Hellstar, the Nova Cat F, two right off the top of my head. Why do you say that? Give me an example. The Hellstar. <laughs> the Hellstar that can fire four clan PPCs with a targeting computer, and I think it goes up two on the heat scale. Um, the Nova Cat F, which is all pulse lasers and, and targeting computer. Um, I. <sighs> I know that there are people that, for and, and we've talked about this on the show before too, that you know their fun in the game is to break it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: How how can I take advantage of what's there and be so uber over the top that it's basically no fun for anybody to play against you? And right. There are people that enjoy that. Um, I have a hard time with that personally. Uh, it, it, I think, games should be even. Games should be level. I mean, for instance, the game that we played at Gen Con against uh, Neon Knight and uh, uh, who's the cat I played against? Moon Sword, I think. We, they've got a, a, a cadet, not a cadet, a demo agent cup, if you will. It's I yes, think, That was eighth, a lot eighth. of fun, by the way. It was. It it was fun, but my game was so lopsided and yes it it was i mean we were you guys guys were you guys are done within what half an hour we were done within three rounds i just there was no point to continue i i was outmatched and outclassed on every mech on every position of the board and it just i was like there's no point for me to continue to do this it's just i'm going to continue to mark dots and i'm not going to be able to do anything back that's right we're basically just take damage and that's not fun. And
0: no, it's not. And it's
2: you know, I built a force on the units that I had available. I threw it together in ten minutes. Um, <laughs> and,
0: that is true. And and hats With, off.
2: I mean, the cat I to played us against for doing that. Yeah, the cat. No, the, no, the cat I played against. Well, he both. had his shit together. I mean, yeah. that, four glances, that four mech that four Mac unit that he had. That that was a really really good unit. Um, they worked. They had a lot of synergies. They worked really really well together. Um, hats off, he did a fantastic job with, with his selection. But that illustrated for me again, and, and this is not a this is not a a, a a shot at him because he did exactly what was within the rules. He didn't have uber ultra special mechs. He just he found a combination. He had mechs that were his personal favorites, and he found a way to play them in a way that really really worked. And But to that, right, is the the whole concept of when you go to these big conventions or you go to places and you give people the opportunity to bring their own forces to the game, because Battletech is so diverse and there are so many units, I think it would be very, very, very hard to create a competitive atmosphere if you left everything completely open. That's true because they're gonna exploit that there, there's and again and I have said that and there for some people that's the fun. They enjoy that. They have to understand that that's not for, that's not fun for other people. And if you're going to go through the work and the effort of trying to put something together, you want to have at least the opportunity to compete. It's true. you want to make it fair and fun so that's that's my I mean we've talked about it a lot. On air, off air, about doing this tournament and, and what's the right way to to try and structure it. And you know, we we've tossed around. I think we're with some really good ideas. I just don't know how how do you limit the selection. What's the right way to do that? That will appease both inner sphere players and more importantly the clan players because everybody wants uber optimized pieces. Well, that's all clan units, right? There's pound for pound, any clan mech is worth a oh, half another mech versus an sphere. Yeah, they hit harder, sure, they if move not faster. More. They have same amount of armor. It's everybody's going to take clan mechs at that point.
0: Although the extra light engine does hurt them, but so do the sphere extra lights.
2: Our clans don't the clan extra light doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, true. Because they gain more for loadout. Yeah, they, the, they get the same weight savings, but they don't die when they lose a torso.
0: That's huge. Yes. The amount of criticals that the engine takes up is, is make or break, especially when you open one up and, oh,
2: there goes your engine. You're done. So then, they take, then you take the light engine, right? That's an invention by the Dragoons. The Dragoons built the light engine to... And, and the math worked, so you could take an intersphere mech, swap in a light engine for an XL engine, and re- basically replace the standard weapon loadout of that mech with clan equivalent weapons, and it would basically be neutral. So you'd get an intersphere mech with a light engine and clan weapons. You get close. You're gonna. You get you're closer. gonna give people ideas now. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's that's that's the part that I still try and struggle in my head with about if we are gonna try and build something. How do you build it so you don't have a guy show up with the Dasher D or E or whatever that's all pulses, or a, a Novacat F and a Hellstar and that a Fenris D that's all pulses?
0: It's right. Like during our Cup challenge, I I was. I was against the ropes, but we were doing pretty even, and then I took down one of his mechs over a cliff face, but then the Nova Cat jumped with advanced jump jets, and I was having mechs in my backfield, and that that decided my fate. But yeah, I totally agree. You almost have to have a set pool of certain mechs that people can bring. Maybe you just have to have, like, a, a barred list of mechs. I and think that can would be hard in... to put together.
2: I think it would almost yeah. be easier to put together what you can bring versus what you can't. and yeah. Because you could always limit it. You could build your list to say, or you build your pool to say, you can pick from this pool. And then expand it. Every year, you could expand it to say, okay, we're going to include these units. We're going to include these units. And then yeah, you can we're going to include balls. these units and then oh, it broke. Alright, so we're going to dial back again and but that's a lot of games. That's a lot of testing. That's, there, there's a lot to ensuring fair play and competitive play.
0: What if we just started with the box set? It's, not, box it's set. not diverse enough. Yeah, true. Unfortunately. But anyways, I get your point. That's good. Well, further well develop, I mean, uh, well, we can segue that into our two games. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do that... Since you did mention our game shop and carrying things at the game shop, players, if you have a local game shop, if you have the opportunity to store some of your gear there, it really helps out to have on-the-spot pooling of mechs to use in gaming. But also, don't keep too much stuff there where you <laughs> over, over-stack <laughs> the shelving. And, and I'm not saying this because not only am I a member of, of the overstacking staff, um, we did have to downsize our shop, and we, I think I had to find some of my stuff back. And it was a lot of fun reminiscing over, where did my museum-scale vulture go? Um, there it is. <laughs> so make sure you keep tabs on your stuff and don't have too much stuff at the shop in case they need the room for others. That's kind of a caveat for um, cleanliness is close to godliness. (laughs) And and another thing for positive reinforcement is always help out your local game shops. Um, Whether they need to do construction or advertising or have some people to teach games, you should definitely sponsor or definitely support your local game shops. That's a huge benefactor. And it continues what you enjoy, so... If you defeat that purpose, you're only hurting yourself. That's all I had on that. So going into our Epic Games and uh, basically what you have supported the local game shops with, Andrew. What was the first scenario we had? Was it Turkey Day weekend? That was Turkey Day weekend. Yeah we
2: we had the we were fortunate enough to have a couple of weekends here the lot in the last month where I've been in Iowa and. We've made it. Rock on! Made it a point to, to try and get some games in, and um, that first one was Turkey Day or Turkey Weekend, and that was the uh, that was that
0: extraction. <laughs> that was the extraction yes. game. The smash and grab. So the overlay was: you have expected certain number of turns to get your units with a support vehicle um to a target location um basically have the location surrender a personnel pick them up in a vehicle and then safely transport them away from said target area before a support company arrives so we
2: started off with i had two patents and two what was the other I did I have four patents. Oh, and I had oh, patents that. and bulldogs. I had two patents, two bulldogs, a war dog, and a black knight. Defending
0: was that the station?
2: The, that was defending the station. And there was a medium company that was going to come back to the bay. They got they got diverted or, you know, they were pulled away from the base. So you guys could do this extraction. I think we had six rounds. Where you guys had to cover twenty six inches, spend around, and then start moving away. Isn't that about right?
0: I wanted like thirty turns because of said slow max. Yeah. That was your choice. Well, I would have guaranteed us the capability to move, which again, yeah. which, which which plays into how do we make it work, right? That was that was fun. That was that you really gamble in trying to figure out. Okay friendly forces what's their what's their distance of movement as a majority not as your fastest unit not as your slowest unit but what can you maintain security on for your your bubble your bubble of, of security your 360 security what can you move as to ensure you have this bubble of security because you guys had what
2: 163 it was a lot of mechs. it was 163 points on lance. You had three of you bring a lance. I was astounded by the mech choices that you guys were able to fit into 163 points. We squeezed it in. I mean, we had we had Naganadas, we had You guys had three or four. You had three assaults on the on the field.
0: Yeah. Uh, they were long range targeting though, too. Anyway. You guys,
2: you guys made short work of that that initial group, and I think you guys <laughs> took out you know three fourths of the uh, the medium company when they came on too. So I, it was that was fun. That was fun. I mean, I hope you guys had fun. We
0: we did. We had. Wait. How much fun did you have, Tommy?
1: I had a lot of fun. Um, I went with something right up my alley, usually with some of the faster stuff, and then. Um, also, uh, I did go with something I don't normally, I, I went with the heavier one as well. Uh, and, in the, one of the faster ones I had didn't have jump capabilities, so I was... Tommy, you were the raven, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, you're poor, your poor, raven. And that raven got beat up quick. I, I'm the, I'm the idiot to put the head over. Oh, let me take a look over this bush. Bump.
0: <laughs> you were you were juking and jiving around that level one and two, and then don't peek over the edge.
1: Yep. It, uh, you, got,
0: you got hit pretty hard to start with. but I mean, you lasted quite a while afterwards.
1: Yeah, it was because I was chicken shit.
2: You got smart to cover. But I think, Matt, to your point, though, after we talked about it, that a game would have been a whole lot different if we would have done
0: Force Withdrawal. Oh, yes. We would have lost a lot of units and that's what I just yeah I, I remember bringing that up if we should do it and I know our friendly units ours attacking the base would have had to leave far earlier than, than we did because we had that first initial skirmish to attack the base get rid of the few defenders that were there while and then the distracted company had to come back so we would have had damage maxed already we would have lost was the, more of our units faster. Was the initial force had, too big? Should I have dropped the mechs and just had tanks? No. Okay. No, you should always have... the Bases always have mech support for defense. They always do. There's always at least something there. Something small. There's always at least a mech. I mean, you read, you read novels, you think of strategy, tactics, techniques, just like Tommy does in his 15-minute points. You have to have mech support. Uh, otherwise, it was just a question. I'm just curious as to whether I no, that makes sense. Up, make I, it better. I, 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 think you would take away from the defending force. It would have made it a little too easy. If if I would have been an attacking force, no, but it would have made it more and, fun at the end of the table, right? Getting well, it would have been, been more fun if you would have had like something uh, reconning behind us, like show up, like hey, who's that at our base? 'Cause there's there's always Mechs roaming somewhere. Even if it's like a little locust, there's always something there. Oh. Your 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 locust M? Yeah, six exactly. M? Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and your 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 video escapades of that I don't understand. shining shining example. Know <laughs> like, excuse me while I whip this across the table. <laughs> we always have fun. I if if we didn't have fun, we wouldn't even do it. This, this is so much fun. So the, that, was a, that was a great example of um, trying to figure out how to do a smash and grab scenario and how many turns to have the enemy force show up and then try to escape. Because I purposely didn't tell you what the mission was. Yes.
2: Just for the simple fact of that I wanted to see, all right, you guys brought this.
0: Now here's the mission. How do you make it work? You know, back to what it, we were talking it, about earlier. And it drove me insane because, like, when I get a mission, it's commander's intent, enemy situation, location, <laughs> you name it. Terrain, timetable, tactics, what assets do you have in play? Like, it's everything. What's the enemy doing with tactics, techniques, TTPs? <laughs> Jeez. Sometimes you get a headache just thinking about it. But it moves smoothly, especially when you get used to it. So that's why that's why I like put like 37 turns on it to be like we need a lot more time. <laughs> Cuz the only way we're going to survive is if we completely destroy the other team because what happens in the end when one of them gets through they cleave our vehicle in half with a frickin' hatchet.
1: <sighs> and
0: <That's right. laughs> that nice is doing some work. That's right. And the nights nice so we're is- like hungry. Hunky dory, like, oh, hey, we we're gonna get around that that uh, that, that shoehorn you of guys, a hill. You guys and, made the uh, hill, it would have been a different story. Well, you remember in the beginning, I said that's where the where the the teeter totter is gonna take effect yep. of that hill. Whether you, if we can get across it or whether you can get across it, we're gonna get nailed. that yeah. was the point. That, that was the point. Yep. And our slow mechs could only keep up at such an angle, and then. Here comes that hatchet swooping in from afar. I thought I thought you guys had maybe advanced your slow stuff too far. You'd
2: have been able to hang them back a little bit further.
0: Well, we entered on like the second third of the. I tried to to make it
2: so that you know we could get to the battle instead of you know the problem that I the problem we always have with Max is we set up this elaborate table and it looks and really he can't cool figure out where to move his piece. And it's so fun, but it takes four rounds to get into any sort of combat. Because he like,
0: where do I move my piece? Oh no, no, no. It's, Should I go that, here? That's that's part Should of that's here? part of it,
2: but you know, we just <laughs> we always make this elaborate table and then it's takes forever to get into any sort of gaming. But it's nice to have so it was good. but it's nice to have the room to be able to do something with your light max.
0: <laughs> that's that was a good discussion today on, on the website on the Facebook too of like, or I think it was uh, International BattleTech. They said, "How many maps do you set up?" And it was great discussion of, well, situation dictates of the scenario or not. We just go with two, four number different depending on the number of maps or depending on how far we have to move. And I threw in some of that of like it depends on how much timetable you have for the game. How many turns you want to sit there and move your max without any combat? Yeah, our, cadet, but our cadet games are a prime example of that. Yes, right? sometimes that's fun.
2: We designed the tables of the cadet game
0: to encourage shooting and to get through those yes. first two games because of a time press Yes, and the more they progress, the bigger the map sheet gets. Well, we got more wider units on the field, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I'm a firm believer in having a wider front. Than longer because everybody wants to maneuver on the flanks. And then you the, know the second game. You know, you know bra- as a team leader, hey, our squad leader, hey, Bravo team, suppression fire, Alpha team, flank right, and then you know, move left, shift fire, lift fire, take the objective, and then place up your frags and get the hell
2: out. Well, talk about the second game. <laughs> yeah. So I was in <laughs> Iowa before we went on a pheasant hunt in South Dakota. And did you get any pheasants? Shot the shit out of them. I've never been on a hill like that before. I'm going every year.
0: You need to take some of us
2: with uh, the next time. We, we, I so the place that we went Tommy's going to got a shotgun. The place, we, the place we went to. The place we went to um was my uncle's wife's best friend's place. They went to high school together. They had nobody signed up for this weekend. It's the third weekend in South Dakota. And it was also wow. opening deer season in South Dakota. So, we got it was I think it was two hundred and fifty dollars a day per, per gun. So it was five hundred bucks for the two days. But don't be we, yawning, Tom. Oh my god, I've never seen so many birds. Never seen so many birds. Anyway, so we were there for to go on a bazan, and Matt and I got together and we we're like, "Hey, I got a night. Let's let's play." And we came up with here's a PV, <laughs> now, yeah, <laughs> and. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if <laughs> it was I made, ridiculous. I don't know if I made it apparent or not, but I was like, yes, "Test did. out your Merc unit." Now we've talked about putting together this Merc unit and having to figure out how do I deal with all these different scenarios. So I put together my Merc unit, and Matt put together his unit, <laughs> and he sent it over. I started, me. and I went, "Oh fuck!" There's no. Way.
0: Sorry, excuse my language. I probably so I should. So uh, I. I, I I master unit I master unit listed my uh, my list and I I emailed it to Andrew and he said well it looks like you already won I'm like what what are you talking about there's no way I can I can compete with that I'm like ah
2: you'll be fine well first off I look at the page and the first two things that pop out are two Mars tanks they were what <laughs> eight nine
0: six with nine points of armor and five points of structure <sighs> or some, something ridiculous. But, I was going for like a Ghost Bear slash Hell's Horses type mix of like second line. And I used second line units. I was like, oh, I'll capture two Mars, two Mars tanks because I haven't used much armor and I wanted to try it. Just to see how slow these um, paperweights actually moved. And they, do, they move at four inches, right? So they got a
2: zero mod. <laughs> yeah. But I looked at that nine. At medium range. And I'm like, oh my god, this thing is going to destroy me. Because in Alpha oh, Strike. As soon as, soon as it I shoots, mean, I'm dead. In Alpha Strike, everything had... Not, 80% of the game is played at medium
0: range. Right? Tommy? Tommy, is that a, is that a fair assumption? Medium range is the best optimal range?
1: Medium range is the best optimal range. It's, it's I agree. Not even,
0: it's not even best or optimal. It's just that's where you hear it, where You it heard happens. it here, folks. You heard it first here, folks. Well, actually, second because your 15 minute or did it first. But Tommy says medium range. I believe him. It's medium range. So anyway, I, I saw that list come through, and I'm like, God,
2: there's no way I'm going to be able to compete against those tanks. Just the tanks. <laughs> and then you had two two points of, of gnome battle armor, which those are assault armor. As well. ah,
0: and ah, then slow. And then you had what do you have for max? Anyway, I had second line max. I had, um, I, I believe they were non non-omni second-line clan Max
1: Were they all standard engine?
2: Yep, yes they were. Anyway, I had two bandits, two Pegasus, two warriors, two points of jump infantry, or two squads of jump infantry, and then four mechs. Intersphere. He had a smorgasbord. All sphere mechs, all sphere tech. Didn't take any clan. We I was astounded how... Those Mars, how, what what turned out with those Mars. I thought they would be the the linchpin of, of your line, and I think they were I took. I think I took them both out with the Pegasus and the and the helicopters. Oh,
0: one actually survived relatively long. The other one died right away. Um, it was kind of like two big bullfrogs being uh, killed by a thousand pricks from mosquitoes. I was really surprised. Really. surprised. The maneuverability, the maneuverability of your combined arms really kept them busy and shot them from the backside. And the, the thing was, is my maneuverability, or my lack of maneuverability with the Mars tanks, hurt me the worst. You know, they had armor, they had structure, they had uh, capability to shoot a lot of dice, uh, but they could not maneuver. And that's what kept them in the open. Well there's a little bit of cover, but you always got the, behind so easily. The,
2: the terrain the terrain also didn't help you much. I think if you would have played that if we would have played that more in an open arena or an open plains, if you will, and you put those in the middle and moved forward, you know, if you if you're throwing eighteen dice on two units out to twenty four inches, that's a lot of hits. That's a lot of hits. Especially when you're going against mechs that have one, two on the outside of,
0: of an amp movement modifier. Come on. And and in my defense, one of the Mars was missing a lot. Two-thirds of it was just whiffs. Three-quarters of it was whiffs. It maybe hit like 20% of the time. The other tank was spot on, hitting 75%, 80% of the time. At the end of the day, there's a game of chance, right? And that's what I love about it. You can roll dice to your purple in the face, but if they don't fall on the right side... Sorry, Chuck. (laughs) And I love that. (laughs) The good, the bad, and the ugly. A mech only its engineer could love. Good only in one format, Alpha Strike and Classic. or, Or Classic. Do you have... Each one of you. Do you have a mech design that you like in Classic or dislike in Classic... And love an alpha strike or like in classic. I hate, there, I hate
2: the Marauder three R in classic. Love the Marauder three R in alpha. Why? Heat. The format of heat there in classic go. in classic heat is that that mech in particular is tough. In alpha strike, it's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that with um, a That's lot of. That comes up. That's the one that comes to the top of my head. I mean, there's so many
0: units to play. Oh, true. And I don't get a chance to play as much as, as I'd like. So I've noticed that a lot of mechs I, I, I don't want to play in Classic because they don't really have a punch or range. I do want to use them in Alpha Strike because they have a purpose because it's it's specific and focalized. And in Classic, it's just like, oh, I'm just throwing these tiny points of damage You know, it's like the difference between, like, Tommy and I played a game where he had a, he had a Bane uh, cracking regular chassis, and I think I was using something with, was it missiles or something else? But either way, that that Bane in Classic, you know, threw all this damage and double action with AC2s, and it worked pretty well. I mean, it, it never had long range or medium range. It was like shooting short range all the time. So it was hitting really well. But it was so dispersed over the entire enemy mech that it needed to have a little bit more punch to get those groupings to, to fit onto a certain torso or arm to actually break armor and go into structure and get those crits. But once those crits started happening, it was an epiphany of crit, 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 crit hit, crit, hit, crit, hit, crit. And it was just being blown from the inside out. Tommy, do you have a mech that you liked or disliked that um, was in the format of Alpha Strike or Classic?
1: I uh, I do like the uh, the Black Lanterns, um, but it seems like um, some of the awesome things that I like about them, like the A configure, I, I don't, I get, a, I don't get to use again like, Classic. Uh, uh, has active probe and some of the stuff. We don't we usually don't use some of the fun uh um uh, some some of the fun things that makes a mech a mech. So it's just not uh in in Alpha Strike, it seems like everything's just dwindled down to like you got your firepower. So it's not just um how do I say? I don't know. It, it doesn't really matter. It, it's just what I uh, like about I don't know, Black Lantern C is probably the best one I could come up with. It's a really good uh, mech for uh, Alpha Strike, but not as good on uh, classic. classic. though it does yeah, does it, have a streak. S R M six so. though.
0: I have I have liked that where um, some variants I would never look at for uh, classic like uh, like an LRC that has all this technical aspects of like tag and and ACM and all that stuff where it it really has not a whole lot of offense in classic, but like you put it in alpha strike and it's got a little bit, it it can offer some in points of damage on that scale. That's kind of narrowed down just a little bit. Um, but it, it still has those extras that can really come into play with like target acquisition, um, ECM bubbles uh, taking away some of those uh, capabilities of your enemy mechs. It's interesting to look at. That's why I kind of like uh, I kind of I kind of like playing Alpha Strike uh, on a whim instead of building up to a classic game. Because Alpha Strike, you can just throw stuff on the board and you can see how it works together, or it has all those similar uh, synergies and capabilities but in Classic, there's so much diversity with all the different weapon systems that it's tougher to meld all of them, but they do have that uh, variation where uh, they all have a little bit of everything, where there's always something you can throw at this range or that range, or be more defensive with hey, it's got better armor. Um, You know, just like but the only mech in existence to have more armor on one arm compared to the other arm is what, Andrew? War dog. War dog. <laughs> <laughs> and i, and I got to love the anti-missile system, but I don't like the extra light engine. But, you know, if, if you get in a battle and that you're using that war dog, you can turn one side and you can get a few more points of damage on that right arm before it falls off. So if you can turn your mech, if you're taking critical damage or taking a lot of damage, you can turn to that right side and take a little bit more damage before you have to turn back over to your backside.
1: (laughs) Have you guys used a mech with mask on Alpha Strike?
0: Yes, but I guess I haven't really looked at the rule.
1: Well, the, the reason why I ask is it seems like I'm more prone to use mask in Classic than I am to use mask in Alpha Strike.
0: I guess I haven't used any Maxon mask with. Well, I strike. mean, you
2: guys looked at the the Locust Six M, that had mask and a supercharger. During the during the the conversion, it's the mask is taken in consideration in the movement. There isn't a I get to go faster this round. This is just every other turn. It's better. It's, it's like just classics. it's it's fact it's figured in. It's like you get an extra two inches of movement or something like that.
0: Hey, like extra two inches, you gotta take what you get, right? That's what she said. Mm -hmm. All right, dude. Got an hour and 44 minutes. That's right. So why don't we kind of close it up. We'll give some uh, shout-outs. How about that? Um, I'd like to start off shout-outs with, uh, among the other ones that I've already said during the episode, um, another key one for building community uh, in the great Wisconsin state and uh, Wilwaukee area is... Benjamin Millen and Michael Clark for uh, finding contacts for putting some Battletech groups together. I mean, you guys got to keep finding people to play, uh, keep building community, and that goes for everywhere, uh, in the nation or in the, in the world. If you are a Battletech player for Classic or Alpha Strike, uh, find some groups to play with, build your lists, have fun, go to some events, maybe sponsor a few things. And it'll grow. I mean, it's coming back. You really see the community building up and coming back with new people, old people come out of the woodwork. That's good stuff. Yeah. Tommy, you got any shout outs?
1: Um, I do not have any shout outs. Um, I do appreciate people posting their stuff on Facebook. Um, it's always good to take a look and see what other people are doing. And, uh, Definitely hit us up in Gen Con this summer, cause uh, we'll be there again. I'm pretty sure of it, unless, like you said, Aaron has another wedding to go to. <laughs>
2: you, you bring that up. I think this year we're gonna we are gonna get. Um, if I get in the same hotel that we did last year, because it worked out so awesome, I think one night, maybe Friday night, um, we're gonna do a WNRP get together at the hotel and game and we'll either have mechs available or we'll have people bring in mechs. I don't know what yet, but we're going to try and have a sponsor. <laughs> we got our cadet a, mechs. a sponsored NR- WNRP game um, at Gen Con again this year, or not again, but this year for sure, have it sponsored. So
1: it also be nice if we could do a, uh, an actual uh, kind of like what we did earlier, get a video, uh, videotaped as well that way oh, oh, uh, do, uh, do a stream yeah. yeah we
2: could do that yeah, stream game so well i mean i could i could record it we could upload it later i mean i could bring my gopro with and yeah record it that way yeah we could do either either or, or both yeah we'll figure it out that way we got a backup but hey i mean if this if you want to go to gen con this is the year to go it's the 35th anniversary they'll be doing you know brent told us there this 2019 is going to be big specified big so I mean if you can make it this is the year to go so love to see everybody there you got any, you got any shout outs there Andrew? Uh I don't I just I, I want well I mean I'll, I'll shout out to the whole WNRP group Um, I love seeing new posts on, on the on the forum I love the conversation I, I like the I like the back and forth please keep it up I look forward to it every morning to, to see what's happened. So um, that's, that's a good time. I like it.
0: Well, like we've all said, you know, thank you for your listening. Thank you for your support. This is something we want to do on our own, but we can't do it without your support. So this is as much to the, to the listeners as it is for us to do. And, you know, shout out to Milwaukee and, and other places and veterans and, and, and players keep it up. Keep talking send us some feedback so have a good evening and have a pleasant tomorrow and uh thanks for listening
2: thanks guys thank you